Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Federal prosecutors are using novel tactics to prosecute trade secret theft in China, a multi-billion dollar problem. After a seven-month investigation, the U.S. Trade Representative found that Chinese theft of American intellectual property currently costs between $225 billion and $600 billion annually. Assistant Attorney General John Demers explained the impact last month. What we've been seeing over the course of a number of years is a determined program to take American and other countries' intellectual property in order to develop uh, Chinese capabilities, domestic capabilities in their market and then outside their market. What I call it in my testimony is a rob, replicate and replace approach to economic development take the U.S. IP, replicate the U.S. product, and then replace the U.S. company. On January 4th, China's state-owned Fujian Jinwan Integrated Circuit and its Taiwan-based partner, United Microelectronics, pleaded not guilty in San Francisco federal court to alleged trade secret theft. Joining me is Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School. So, Peter, what kinds of intellectual property theft by China are we talking about here? Well, the focus of the government has been that China has not been enforcing copyrights or trademarks, but much more importantly, that China has been behind the theft of trade secrets and companies that are trying to keep their manufacturing processes and things like that secret. Uh, The Chinese have targeted them and then, of course, copy them and use them to develop their own markets. So really what this is, it's it's not just they've gotten a movie and reproduced it and not paying any copyright fees on it, but this is really theft of technology. And that's the much greater threat that the Justice Department has identified. The U.S. has tried to combat it with tariffs. China has tried to combat it with an array of punishments for IP violations. But the IP violations are increasing. Why? I think the core reason is that it isn't just the intellectual property violations, but it is that there is technology that Chinese companies need and that they are developing. And of course, the the Chinese government, which controls the economy, is largely behind this push that they want to get technologies. It's much cheaper, in a sense, to steal it than to develop it yourself. So the real concern here is that technology is being taken from the United States, not paid for at all, and then being used in China to develop their own market and also for them to sell to other countries in the world, which, of course, hurts American companies that developed the technology. So the U.S. is pushing forward on a key front of the conflict, which is criminal prosecution of alleged trade secret theft. Tell us about the China Initiative. Well, Attorney General Sessions, before he uh, left as Attorney General, announced back on November 1st, 2018, that he was creating this initiative that would identify what uh, he called priority Chinese trade theft cases 
and then ensuring that the government put enough resources into them. These are complex cases. You are talking about not just trade secrets, but understanding what was taken and then trying to bring a case against a foreign company and foreign nationals. So they're not easy cases to pursue. And what Mr. Sessions identified was, we're going to make this our top priority because China is perceived as the greatest threat to American technology and the theft of American technology. So prosecutors are also using some novel tactics in this latest fight. Let's start with the new rule on serving indictments to foreign companies. What's that, and is it working? Well, uh, what happened is back in 2016, Rule 4 of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure was amended so that as long as the defendant is given notice of the charges, and it can be done in different ways, one way in which it can be done is submitting a request under an international agreement. China has signed many of these international agreements, so as long as you notify the defendant, that now is sufficient. So you don't necessarily have to get the company or the person into the United States, but as long as you give them notice, the case can move forward. That makes life much easier for prosecutors. You don't have to go out and try to search people down or hope that somehow they come to the United States or to a country that would arrest them or give them notice. So it certainly has made life easier for prosecutors in these types of cases, especially targeting Chinese companies, because Many of them do not have a presence in the United States, so now this is a way to notify them if the government is going to bring criminal charges. Prosecutors are also testing out a provision of the Economic Espionage Act that dates back more than two decades. That's right, that there is a provision of the Economic Espionage Act, which really focuses on theft of trade secrets. But there's a provision in there that allows the Justice Department to obtain what's called, quote, appropriate injunctive relief for any violation. And so what they're doing in a case out in San Francisco, they've not only indicted a Chinese and a Taiwanese company and three individual defendants, but they've also filed for this injunctive action to prevent the companies from developing these uh, DRAM chips, dynamic random access memory chips, and also exporting them and trying to take that technology back. So usually you don't see the government filing a parallel civil action, but here I think what the Justice Department is doing is they're using every arrow in their quiver to try to crack down on this theft of trade secrets and infringements on intellectual property. So this case is really sending a message that it isn't just that we're concerned about this one case. We want to send a message to Chinese companies that if you're going to steal trade secrets, you're going to face the full force of the Department of Justice. And not only the Department of Justice, but the Commerce Department got involved in this as well. So they had a multi-pronged strategy. Explain that. Well, the Commerce Department has identified here in this area what it believes to be systemic violations by the Chinese government and Chinese companies. And so one of the responses, of course, has been uh, the tariffs that have been imposed. 
And you also have in this area, too, the private companies. The case out in San Francisco involves Micron Technology. They can also bring a lawsuit for any damage to their company. And so you really have an effort here along a number of different fronts to try to crack down and send a message that these half-hearted efforts or claims by the Chinese government that, well, we We're going to try to stop intellectual infringement and theft of IP materials. That really has been half-hearted. And Peter, does it seem as if the judges are getting the message too? Certainly. And these are serious cases because they involve uh, potential prison sentences. And so I think the judges are reflecting the concern of the Justice Department that China has played rather fast and loose with intellectual property protections, whether it be patent, copyright, trademark, or here especially trade secrets. Companies don't want to publicize their uh, processes and their technology by, for example, filing a patent. And so they're trying to protect themselves And I think the judges are very much attuned, and I think that's one reason why we see that this particular case was filed in San Francisco, that there has been a real concern with trade secret theft out in Silicon Valley. And so I think the judges are especially attuned here to protecting companies who are having their secrets stolen. Who would go to prison? In the prosecution in San Francisco, you have three Taiwanese individuals who have been identified who had once worked at Micron and are identified as having stolen the materials. Companies can't be put in prison, but hefty fines certainly can be imposed on companies. I think just as importantly, too, that the civil injunctive action that the Justice Department is pursuing is going to give them authority to go around and try to shut down or demand compliance with American law by these companies. And so it's really part of an effort to get them to follow the law and not go and steal. Instead, if you want technology, license it, pay for it. But don't just go out there and say, well, let's see how we can sneak it out of the United States and then develop our own industry. It seems, though, as if it's chipping away bit by bit at this huge problem. And one wonders when there'll there'll really be a dent in the problem. Well, that's certainly an interesting question, because given the size of China and the size of its economy, you know, do small dents make much of a difference? I think the answer is that the Justice Department wants to send a message that we're going to be more vigilant. And so the China Initiative is an effort to say, we're watching. And we're going to put this at the top of our priority list. How much fear is that going to strike in Chinese companies? I wonder, because they've operated largely with impunity to this point. And so are they really going to be all that concerned if they just steer clear of the United States? That's Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.